Can everyone say, buenos días? Buenos días. Más suave, buenos días. Very good. Well, this morning I'm really excited because we have a very special guest with us. And would you just tell us your name and where you're from? My name is Mary. And I'm from Colombia. Mary, can you tell us your favorite color? Puedes contarnos tu color favorito. El rosa, rosado, pink. Very nice. Tell us your favorite food. ¿Y tu comida favorita? El el arroz con pollo. Chicken, chicken and rice or meat and rice? Chicken and rice. Hello. Chicken and rice. That's very Colombian. I love it too. Awesome. So, you, you say you're from Colombia. Sí. Whereabouts in Colombia are you from? Eh, Bogota. From Bogota. The, capi Has, the capital. Has anyone been to Bogota before? <laughs> wow, a few of us. That's, that's amazing. So, what was, what was life like growing up in Bogota? ¿Cómo era tu vida creciendo en Bogotá? Eh, bueno, yo nací en Bogotá. Well, I was born in Bogotá. Eh, viví en un hogar católico. I lived in a Catholic home. Eh, estuve hasta los 15 años en mi casa. Um, I was in my house until I was 15 years old. A los 15 años mi padre muere. When I was 15, my dad died. Y creo que entré en rebelión. And then rebellion came into my life. Durante un año estuve junto a mi mamá y luego me fui de la casa. Durante el primer año de morir mi papá, estuve con mi mamá y luego me fui de la casa. Con el primer hombre que me brindó amor. Más o menos ese es el principio de... De vivir en Bogotá. So that was how my life was in Bogota. And what what was it like when you left home? How did you feel? Pues la verdad me sentí mal porque me fui agrediendo a mi mamá. Well, I felt bad because I was leaving my mom. Tuve una pelea muy grande con ella y la maltraté. I had a really big fight with her and I um, was really bad to her. Y me fui creyendo que era más que ella. And I left thinking that I was better than her. Pero las circunstancias fueron muy diferentes. But the circumstances were really different. De ahí fui mamá a los 16 años. I um, became a mom when I was 16. Y creo que fue creciendo la amargura en mi corazón. And I think that the bitterness in my heart kept on growing. El maltrato hacia mi hijo. I mistreated my son. Y la tristeza como que me inundaba mucho. And sadness y la culpabilidad and guilt as well you, you said yesterday when we talked that um, that you because of the relationship you had with your mom and dad there was a, a strong feeling of um, rejection had, had come into your life is that right? sí um, Siempre fui rechazada por mis padres. I was always rejected by my parents. Porque mi papá siempre quiso tener un niño. Because my dad always wanted to have a son. Y mi mamá no me quería porque yo era de color negro la piel. And my mom didn't like me that much because my skin color is quite dark. Pero bueno, al año de vida empecé a cambiar el color de piel. But well, when I was one years old, my uh, my skin color started to change. Pero ellos siempre me veían a mí por debajo. But they always looked down on me. Y mi hermana, la mayor, siempre era la estudiosa, la juiciosa. My elder sister, she was always the good one, the studious Porque one. Porque a ella le gustaba mucho estudiar y a mí me gustaba mucho jugar. 
Because she likes to study a lot and I like to play a lot. Does anyone else relate to that? Alguien más se relaciona a esto. Has, has a great brother or sister who's like the perfect one. Alguien tiene un hermano perfecto yeah. aquí. Yeah, I do as well. Nunca wow. tuve una buena relación con mi hermana. Nunca tuve una buena relación con mi hermana. I never had a good relationship with my sister. Por eso. Because of this. So, it sounds like life was was actually very difficult for you growing up. Suena como la vida era como difícil cuando mientras estabas creciendo. Sí, era muy difícil para mí porque yo empecé a crear rebelión. Yeah, it was difficult for me because I started to live in rebellion. En mi casa decían que yo era el niño de la casa. Entonces yo empecé a vestirme como niño. So I used to say, well, I'm the boy of the house, so I started to dress like a boy. Mi cabello siempre fue cortico, My andaba en tenis. Short, I was always in trainers. Y andaba en la calle, todo el tiempo andaba en la calle jugando. And I just played in the street all the time. No quería estudiar. I didn't want to study. estudiar. But when you were, I believe you were 24, when you came across the church there, sí, 24, Misión Carismática Internacional. 25 años. 25, sorry. Mi hermana conoce a Dios, la my, mayor. My elder sister met God. Y ella me invita a la misión. And she invited me to church. Y recuerdo que lo único que recuerdo de esa reunión fue cuando pasé al frente del coliseo. The only thing I remember from that meeting was when I went to the front. No recuerdo nada más. I don't remember anything else. And did, did your life like change after that moment? ¿Y tu vida cambió a causa de ese momento? No, realmente. Not really. Cuando, so, perdón. Sorry. Cuando ella me invitó a un encuentro. It was when she invited me to an encounter. Wow. So, so after you went to church, you went to an encounter weekend. Después de asistir a la iglesia, fuiste a un encuentro. Sí. And what, what happened in that weekend? <laughs> ¿Qué te pasó en ese fin de semana? Fue muy chistoso. It was very funny. Porque yo iba con mi cuñada y mi amiga. Because I was going with my sister-in-law and my friend. Y los encuentros eh, en ese tiempo se hacían en, en las fincas. And the encounters in those times were in a, like in a place for retreats. Entonces nuestros pensamientos eran, vamos a llegar a ese lugar y nos vamos a escapar. So we thought, oh, we're going to go to this place and we're going to escape. <laughs> y llevábamos en, la, en las mochilas, llevábamos botellas de licor. And in our uh, rucksacks, we took bottles of alcohol. And we said, when we get there, we're going to look for a disco and we'll go and dance. But it wasn't quite that easy, was it? Pero no, era tan no, fácil, no? no fue. Estábamos en medio del campo. No, we were in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Estaba todo cerrado. So you were essentially stuck in the encounter. O sea, que tuviste que quedarte sí. en el encuentro. No For three days. Por tres días. Pero algo cambió, ¿verdad? Sí, um, lo que más recuerdo es que la pastora hablaba de edificar sobre la roca. The thing that I remember the most was that the pastor spoke about uh, building upon the rock. Y en el día de la administración, and when they were ministering, yo decía, no me voy a concentrar. I told myself, I'm not gonna focus. No puedo ponerles atención. I'm not gonna listen to what they're saying. Porque yo había escuchado because I'd heard somebody say que era mejor no conocer de Dios that it's better not to know God que conocerlo y no seguirlo. than to know about him and not follow him. Porque eso traía consecuencias. Because that would bring consequences. Entonces yo decía, no, 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 no. So I said, uh-uh. <laughs> no quiero escuchar. I don't want to listen. Pero el poder de la oración fue mayor. But the power of, the, of how they were praying was more than those thoughts. I think we should give God a round of applause for that. Yeah. Wow. And so you really experienced a change through, through that time in the prayer, is that right? Así que experimentaste un cambio en ese tiempo de oración. And was that a complete change? Did your life suddenly become straight and narrow and, and perfect or... Or was it a bit more of a journey still? ¿Y fue un cambio radical? ¿Cambió todo o fue como más un no. comienzo? Fue como el comienzo. Was like a beginning. Porque después de ese encuentro, because after that encounter, lo único que recuerdo es que pude perdonar a mi mamá. The only thing I remember really changing was that I could forgive my mom. 
Ahora lo entiendo, en ese tiempo no lo entendía. Ahora entiendo, en ese tiempo no entendía. I didn't really understand. Eh, cuando llegué la pude abrazar y le pude dar un beso. When I got home, I gave her a kiss. Y durante más de 15 años yo le daba un beso a mi mamá. And for more than 15 years I hadn't given my mom a kiss. Y de ahí vengo para Inglaterra. And then I came to England. En el año 2000. In 2000. Wow, so how, how did that happen? ¿Cómo pasó esto? Mm, también recuerdo, ahora entiendo todas estas cosas. En ese tiempo no entendía nada, pero now llegué al... Now I'm starting to understand all of these things, but in that time I didn't really understand. Recuerdo que estuve en el, en el Coliseo en una prédica. I remember that in Bogota I was in the Coliseum while someone was preaching. Y el pastor dio la palabra de Génesis 12. And the pastor shared a, a verse from Genesis 12. Vete de tu tierra y de tu nación y haré de ti una nación grande. Leave your country and your, your house and I'll make you into a great nation. Y yo sé que esa palabra llegó a mi corazón. And I know that that word really touched my heart. Pero yo nunca quise salir de mi país. But I never wanted to leave my country. Siempre escuché que era muy difícil vivir en un país extraño. I always heard that it was really difficult to live in another country. Al cabo de tres meses estaba en Inglaterra. Three months later I was in England. So, wow. wow. <laughs> But... It turned out that when you first came to England, life wasn't really that easy, was it? No, fue muy difícil. No, it was very difficult. Porque nosotros no estábamos comprometidos en Dios. Because we weren't really committed to God. Y yo vine después del encuentro, entonces no tuve como el proceso And de I, conocer. I came here soon after the encounter, so I didn't really go through the whole process of knowing God. No tuve quien me explicara la palabra como I debía ser. Didn't have anyone to really explain how I should live the word. No tenía iglesia. I didn't have a church here. Solo mi hermana empezó a, a discipularme por teléfono. Mm, just my sister started to call me and to disciple me through phone calls. La hermana que nunca tuve relación con ella. <laughs> the sister that I never had a good relationship with. ¿Te sentiste en casa aquí muy fácil o fue como difícil y te pienso, demoró? Pienso que nunca lo acepté. I think I never really accepted it. Porque yo no vine con, el, con mi pensamiento de que Dios me había enviado. Yo vine... Yo no vine con el pensamiento de que Dios me había enviado a este lugar. I came thinking that God had sent me here. Yo vine con el pensamiento de hacer dinero y volver a mi país. Sorry, I didn't think that God had sent me here. I came here looking to for an opportunity to make money and to leave my country. Eso fue lo que pasó. So that's what happened. But you you didn't actually stay in England, did you? It wasn't that you came in 2000 and that's been it. You Pero went back to Bogota, didn't volviste you? Volviste a Bogotá, ¿verdad? Sí. En ese tiempo el, el cambio que entendí fue que yo no volví a pegarle a mi hijo y no volví a beber jamás. The, the things that changed for me were that when I was here I understood that I wasn't to hit my son anymore and I wasn't or to mistreat him anymore and I wasn't to drink. I stopped drinking. Y en el 2004 nos deportan por ilegales. But in 2004 they deported us because we were here illegally. Wow. Y ahí empezó la, la pelea con Dios. So there our fight with God began. ¿Cómo así? Usted me dijo que me iba a dejar en este país. ¿Qué pasó? You told me that we were going to be here. What's happening? Cuando llegó inmigración a las seis de la mañana y nos sacó como delincuentes, dijimos, ¿qué pasó? When they came to take us out of the house at 6 a.m. in the morning, we were like, what's happening? And then, and then you had to spend quite a time of, of kind of God forming you in in Colombia is that right? Yeah, But not only in Colombia. I think you went to another country too, is that right? Había un tiempo cuando yo tenía que formarte en Bogotá y también en otro país, ¿verdad? Sí, llegamos a Colombia, pero yo decía si Dios me dijo que él me iba a dejar en Inglaterra, él me va a dejar en Inglaterra. Well, we went back to Colombia, but I said if God told me that he's going to take me to England, then he's going to take me to England. Entonces, duramos tres meses en Colombia y viajamos a Venezuela. So we spent three months in Colombia and then we left for Venezuela. Durante año y medio intentamos hacer documentos para volver a Inglaterra. For a year and a half we, 
we were in Venezuela trying to get the papers to come back to England. Pero no fue posible. But it wasn't possible. Yo creo que quería ganarle a Dios. <laughs> quería ganarle a Dios. The, I think that we were trying to To win God over. And then a year and a half later, we went back to Colombia. I think that was quite a key time for you. Is that right? When yes. you went back to Colombia. This time it was completely different because. Um, I separated from the father of my children. Ya él viaja para Miami y empieza mi proceso con Dios. Well, he went to my, he left us from Miami and uh, so my relationship with God really started. Y de este tiempo recuerdo que hubo una fiesta para un año nuevo. I remember that at that time there was a party for a New Year's party. Donde hubo mucho alcohol. There was so much alcohol there. Hubieron hasta drogas. There was uh, drugs as well. Pero no para mí, ¿no? But not for me. Eh, podía verlo alrededor de mi familia, de mis amigos. I could see my family and my friends there. Y empecé a decirle a Dios, yo no quiero esto para mi vida. And I started to tell God, God, I don't want this for my life. No quiero ni que mis hijos ni mis sobrinas como que vivan lo que yo viví. I don't want my children and my nieces and nephews to live what I've lived. Y después de esa reunión, recuerdo que salí y me fui para una iglesia que era católica. And after that party I left and I, I just looked for a church and went to a Siempre Catholic church. Siempre están abiertas. They're always open. Y lloré como por tres horas. And I prayed for three hours. En realidad quería un cambio. That was a time of change. I wanted, I really wanted a change. And you say that in, in all this time your sister, the la juiciosa, which means the 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 goody two shoes, I guess. Sí. Um, Mientras estaba ese tiempo tu hermana la juiciosa was was attending meetings in the church was Asistía leading cell groups and there was morning intercession and things and you you saw Todo that didn't you? el tiempo all the time ella era la fanática loca she was a crazy fanatic <laughs> qué pereza <laughs> decía yo ay qué pereza todo el tiempo en la iglesia and I was like man so boring all the time in the Eso church está bien ir de vez en cuando pero It's fine to go from now and then, but. Hmm. But I think you saw something in that, didn't you? That you were longing for. Pero tú viste algo en ella que querías, que anhelaste. Sí, recuerdo que empecé a ir a las intercesiones a las cinco de la mañana los sábados. Well, I remember that on Saturdays I began going to the uh, intercession meetings or the prayer meetings at five o'clock in the morning. Y lo primero que me impresionó fue verla ella ahí. Cuando la vi a mi hermana en ese lugar. And the thing that impacted me the most was seeing my sister there. Y yo decía, Dios mío. And I said, wow. Ella lleva ocho años. She's been here for eight years. Doblando rodillas por nosotros. Bowing the knee and praying for all of us. Y no ha perdido su fuerza. She's not lost her strength. Y ahí creo que ahí empezó a nacer esa compasión. That's when compassion started to be born in my heart. Esa necesidad de orar por los demás. That desire to pray for other people. And then, if I'm right in 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 thinking this, it wasn't just your sister that was the fanatic, but you also became a fanatic with her. Is that right? Y verdad que tu hermana no era la única fanática, más tú también. Bueno, pasó otro tiempito. Well, time went by. Porque de ahí yo sentía la necesidad de orar, pero había muchas cosas en contra que no me dejaban. Había como un estorbo que no me dejaba orar por las personas. Well, I felt the need to pray, but there were certain things that stopped me from praying. I couldn't quite get through. Entonces mi hermanito el menor. So ten... my younger brother. Él me dice, ¿y usted por qué no se va para un encuentro? He asked me, well, why don't you just go to an encounter? Él tenía como 18 años. He was about 18 years old. Pero él decía, ¿y usted, usted ya se puede ir para un encuentro porque usted ya qué? O sea, usted ya tiene hijos, ya tiene familia, usted ya no necesita divertirse. Is that right for you? Yes. So, um, I think basically the, the gist of it is, her brother said to her, well, now look, you've got children, you're getting old. 
It's time you settled down and you should go to an encounter. Did you an encuentro? No. And I said, oh, an encounter, no. Okay, tomé la decisión y fui al encuentro. But then I decided I'm going to go to the encounter. Y en ese encuentro sentí la liberación total. And in the encounter I experienced free de, uh, real deliverance, real freedom. Y cuando vuelvo a casa, eh, en mi casa había una célula de jóvenes. And in my, when I came home, in my house there was a youth cell. Porque según mi hermana, yo no recuerdo. Because my sister had said, eh, yo había prometido mi casa para oración para Dios. That I had promised that my house would become a house of prayer. Entonces ella me dijo, Dios es un Dios de pactos. So she told me, God is a God of covenants. Y los pactos de Dios se cumplen. And the covenants of God, He fulfills them. Y yo le dije, sí, claro, pero yo, yo no me acordaba que yo había dicho eso. I said, I didn't really remember that I said that, but yeah, sure. Entonces, bueno, mandé una líder que hagan lo que quieran. So I told her, you can do what you want in my house. Y había una célula de jóvenes. So there was a youth cell there. Con mis sobrinas With my nieces, y la tía de mis hijos and the, um, to, my todos eran jóvenes todos eran pequeños there were a lot of young there. cuando yo llego del encuentro When I came back from the encounter, la líder de jóvenes me dice que por favor ore por la ofrenda the youth leader asked me could you just please pray for the offering yo, okay cerré mis ojos so I closed my eyes y oré and I prayed cuando abrí los ojos, when I opened my eyes, todas estaban llorando. Everyone was crying. Y yo, wow. What did you do? <laughs> ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué hiciste? What happened? Eh, nació el amor por las almas. So that day the love for souls was born in me. Yo dije, wow, si una oración mía. I said, wow, if one of my prayers puede levantar un joven para Dios. Can raise up a young person for God. Yo quiero hacerlo. I want to do that. Yo quiero wow. levant, ayudar a levantar esas jóvenes. I want to help bring freedom to these young people. Para que ellas no vivan lo que yo viví. So that they wouldn't go through what I lived. Y ahí sí me volví loca fanática. And so that's how I became the crazy fanatic lady. Okay. There's, so we don't have a lot of time left. No tenemos, um, no nos, no tenemos mucho tiempo. But that's really where your ministry grew and you said that cell groups were born and you, you were leading one cell group, another, another um, and there were some stories you shared yesterday that really impacted me. And there was one, there was one that you said about, about a, a lady's husband And and he he came to a meeting once and he was a bit um, bravo. Él vino a un, una reunión y era un poco bravo, a, a bit annoyed or a bit angry. But his life completely changed, didn't it? Pero su vida completamente cambió, verdad? Sí, comencé desde ahí comenzó bueno esa pasión. Well, that compassion and that passion began. Dirigía tres células. To lead cells. La de los jóvenes. I led the youth cell. La de una que quedaba como a hora y media de mi casa. Another one that was an hour and a half away from my house. Y la de mi vecina. And I led a cell with my neighbor. Ella vivía en el piso de arriba. She mío. lived in the floor above me. Era la que menos le prestaba atención. She was the one I paid the least attention to. Mi mente estaba enfocada en la célula que estaba a una hora de mi casa. My main focus was on the cell that was an hour and a half away from my house. Pero ella en realidad estaba con su corazón para Dios. But really her heart was open towards God. Y empecé a, a disipularla. So I began to disciple her. Solamente a ella. Just her. Yo no me enfoqué en las multitudes. I didn't focus on the crowds or lots of people. Me enfoqué fue en solamente una persona. My focus was on just one person. Y ella empezó a asistir a la iglesia. She began to attend church. Y cuando estábamos en la célula, When we were in our cell group, llegaba el esposo súper bravo. Her husband came back really angry. Se quitaba la correa. He took off his belt. Y le pedía comida. And he asked her for food. Y ella se sentía avergonzada conmigo. And she felt really ashamed because I was there. 
Pero yo lo ignoré totalmente. But I just ignored him completely. Él le pegaba. He hit her. Le ponía los ojos negros. He gave her black eyes. Llegaba borracho a las madrugadas. He came back uh, drunk at crazy hours in the morning. Pero después de un año más o menos. But about a year later. De haber estado las dos orando. Now the two of them were praying. Él viene a la iglesia. He comes to church now. Y después llegó con todo su grupo. And then he arrived with all no, of his friends. All, all of, of the drunk people. You were leading a cell group of <laughs> crazy men, is that right? Tuviste una célula de hombres locos. Sí. Eran más de 20 hombres. There were more than 20 men. Y decía, Señor, ¿cómo voy a liderar yo tantos hombres? And I asked God, how am I going to lead these guys? Pero el Señor lo hizo. But the Lord helped me. Porque wow. él mismo tuvo que liderarlos. Because it was God himself who had to lead them. Eh, de eso han pasado, eso fue más o menos en el 2010 antes de venir. That was about 2010 before we came back. Ella estaba en la escuela de líderes. She was that lady was in um, school of leaders. Y ahora es uno de los 144 en el ministerio. And now she is part of the 144 the team of leaders in the leadership team. This this is something that really impressed me yesterday when Eso we were talking. Eso es algo que me impactó ayer mientras um, hablamos. That the people that you led in your cell groups. Que las personas que estaban en tus células. The people that you brought to Christ. Que llevaste al Señor. Didn't just remain like spiritually young babies. No se quedaron como como inmaduros. But they they became mature in Christ and they they are now leaders. Sino ahora son líderes. Sí. En la, de los jóvenes, eh, from the youth, mi sobrina, my niece, ella es líder de jóvenes. She's a youth leader. Y su familia igual está en el Señor, pero más inmadura. Well, her family also serving God, but they are less committed. De la célula que había hora y media de mi casa, from the cell group that was an hour and a half from my house, que fue algo que me costó. That was, a, you know, a big price to pay. Eh, una pareja también en este momento son líderes. One of the couples from there are leaders at the moment. Siempre me enfoqué no solamente en que conocieran la salvación. My goal wasn't only that they would uh, have salvation. Sino que en lo que yo recibí. But that what I received. Ellos lo pudieran también recibir y transmitir a otros. That they could also receive that themselves and uh, transmit that to other people. Es el poder de la oración. That's the power of prayer. Wow, that's amazing. Why don't we give her a round of applause for that? So there's there's many more things to tell from your life. Hay muchas más cosas contar de tu vida. How you came back again to England? Como volviste otra vez a Inglaterra. This time legally, thanks to God. Con papeles, gracias a Dios. And and. So many things that God is doing in your life. Y muchas um, cosas que Dios está haciendo en tu vida. And it's exciting to see the the journey that you've been on. Y es impresionante ver el el camino que Dios te ha llevado. And how God has used every situation along the way to help you grow in Him. Y él ha usado cada circunstancia para que crezcas. And and if if you could just sum up um, si in perhaps resumir. one phrase what your life was like before. And how you feel your life is like now? How would you like sum that up? Puedes resumir cómo tu vida era antes y cómo se ha cambiado ahora en una frase. Es el cambio de antes el acusador. Before it was I was accused. Yo sentía el dedo acusador sobre mí. Yo sentía la mano acusadora sobre mí. I felt like there was an accusing hand upon my life. Y ahora entiendo la liberación. But now I understand freedom. Una palabra que me ha marcado siempre es la de la mujer adúltera. A word that's always impacted my life is the story of the adulterous woman. Cuando el Señor le dice eh, que mire que ninguno la está condenando. When the um, when the Lord said that nobody's condemning you, que así como nadie lo hace, él también me, él tampoco lo hace. And even though he could have condemned her, he didn't condemn her either. Y al final de ese verso, él dice, 
Vete y no peques más. In the end of that story, God, uh, Jesus says to her, go and sin no more. No solamente fue el recibir el perdón y perdonar. It wasn't just about receiving uh, forgiveness and forgiving. Sino apartarme en realidad de lo que él no quería que yo hiciera. But also leaving behind what I was involved in before. That's amazing. Well, Mary, you're an amazing blessing to our church. Eres una gran bendición para nuestra iglesia. We are really blessed by your family here. Somos bendecidos por tu familia aquí. And especially when you pray. Y especialmente cuando ores. We know that the power of God is behind those prayers. Sabemos que el poder de Dios está apoyando esos, esas oraciones. And we're really thankful that your family is here in our church. Y somos agradecidos que ustedes están aquí en esa iglesia. So why don't we just give Mary a big thanks for being here for her testimony. And I would encourage you to, to find Mary and talk to her, hear more about her story, because she, she has an amazing story of how God has been working in her life, and it's, she's such a great yeah. blessing to us all. So thank you. Thank you. Muchísimas gracias. Es un privilegio también para mí. Thank you. It's also a privilege for me. Eh, haberlos encontrado. To have been able to come here porque es algo que me ha ayudado a entender because being here has helped me understand el valor de una familia the value of a family gracias thank you got this thing on are we on We're on. Ah, oh, very good. It forced me to make a few uh, brief remarks. So, no, I'll be all right. Be fine. Um, could you help me? First of all, please all stand up. Firstly, because I'm standing up, and why should you lot get to sit down when I'm standing up? Ha, huh? come on. All right, now stretch. If you're wearing a short T-shirt like me, hold it down so we don't see your pants. That's good. Thank you very much. One arm, other arm, good. Now, don't... I'm just looking around. I didn't say sit down yet, so I don't want anyone sitting down, okay? I'm watching. Someone at the back just stood up looking guilty. Right. <clears throat> I'll name no names. Now, if you can speak more than one language, I want you to sit down. No, wait, is that the right way around? I wrote this down because I want to do this right. Oh, yeah, that's it. Right. So stay standing. I knew I had a good way to do this. Stay standing if you can speak more than one language. Now, when I say speak, I mean... Not like Del Boy's French, okay? <laughs> Parlez-vous franglais, that does not count, okay? So, but if you can speak more than um, two languages, stay standing. <clears throat> okay, so two. Now stay standing, you can speak more than two. So if you can speak three, stay standing. Like properly, okay? This is good. See, I thought this would be interesting. Okay, now stay standing if you can speak four languages. Wow. What have we got? Wow, okay. <laughs> This is like competition time. We're all very excited. Who can speak five languages? Okay, we've got one now. One standing. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> I want to know. Can I ask? Okay, we'll see if we can share the, the Brittany mic. So, hang on. What can you speak? English, Spanish, French, Italian, Portuguese. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Good job. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get your name. Jessica. Oh. Jessica. This is Jessica. Nice to meet you, Jessica. Well done. Wow, that's really cool. Five languages. So, okay, we have, ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. Now, this, um, this microphone is probably doing all kinds of crazy things, so if the guys need to fix me, then just let me know. So, sorry about that. Um, right, me, I speak English. I learned enough French at school that I can tell the difference between a croissant and a pan au chocolat. Very Uh, and also, in an absolute emergency, I could ask for directions to the railway station, because, of course, that's what you learn. Um, but obviously, over the last few months when we were away, Karis and I picked up little bits of Spanish. Um, and, and obviously, the rule with learning languages is you get what you need, and then you use what you've got, and that's it. You get what you need, use what you've got, and then you remember it. And so, uh, you know, there were certain key phrases that we learned. ¿Dónde están los baños, por favor? Okay, yeah, there we go. So, uh, like, the, <laughs> the people with children, 
know that one because, you know, my accent might have let me down, but I'm standing with Stella and she's doing this. <laughs> it's pretty clear what I'm looking for. <clears throat> you know, and so obviously if some of the key words and phrases get repeated, you kind of pick them up and you're like, oh, I need to get the hang of that one. What's that word mean? And so one of the phrases that we heard a lot um, in Bogota really was the word proposito. Now, again, sorry about the accent, this kind of crowd of Latino speakers. Was that good? Yeah, home run. Woo! Proposito. Now, proposito means purpose. And todo el tiempo, all the time, the guys in Bogota were speaking about the purpose. Dios es un Dios de propósito. Okay? God is a God of purpose. Now, I remember hearing Pastor Caesar, and because I listen sometimes to the podcasts and teachings of Pastor Caesar, I remember hearing um, him sharing a story one time about how he used to have a very expensive watch. Everyone hold up your arm and say, posh watch. I'm doing this, I've got to make sure you're awake, okay? Posh watch. And uh, God challenged him to give, like really posh, okay? Um, God challenged him to give that watch away to a, a, an American pastor. And so he needed a new watch, so he bought a new watch, and he bought this uh, stainless steel watch. Here it was okay, but it was stainless steel. And a few months later was when they experienced the assassination attempts. Gun, they, their car was stopped at traffic lights, and two gunmen pulled up and shot at him. And the, the, steel, the stainless steel watch was absolutely you know, mashed, mullered, because a bullet hit it. And the, the, the doctor said, you know, if it hadn't been there, that bullet would have been in the trajectory going into your heart. And so it was a stainless steel watch that God used to save his life. Now, when you have an experience like that, you begin to believe in the purpose of God. If God says, give me your watch, you say, okay. Because God's, God doesn't need a watch. You know, he tells a story. He says, Lord, out of time. Why do you need my expensive watch? Well, you know, he got the point. He gave him the watch, and God had a purpose in that. God is a God of purpose. God is a God of purpose for every single one of us here today. So just grab your neighbor, make sure they're awake, give them a little nudge, and say, God has a purpose for you. <clears throat> Gently, okay? This is church, so be gentle. <clears throat> so let's look, at our, let's look at our text for the morning, okay? Um, I'm hoping it'll come up on the screens. I'm hoping it'll come up on the screens. I'm hoping it'll come up on... Yeah, okay, thanks guys. Um, okay, so here we go. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of a net sea for they were fishermen okay just so we're clear they're casting a net into the sea why because they were fish- who says the bible is hard to understand okay it's right there anyway jesus said to them follow me and i will make you fishers of men fishers of, of people immediately they left their nets and followed him and going on a little further he saw james the son of zebedee and john his brother who were in the boat mending the nets And immediately he called them too, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Hey, we should pray, okay? So let's pray. God, this morning we pray earnestly, genuinely, God, speak to each one of us here about our purpose in you. God, every person here this morning, God, we pray, speak to us about your purpose for our lives. Amen. So I think this is, this is probably a very well-known story. I'm sure we've you know, read it before or heard messages about it before. Even this phrase, fishers of men, I think that's quite well-known, both in church circles and just in the kind of news and like, different places, in films, The Guardian, the Coast Guard film. You know, it's, it's used in different films. It's a well-known phrase, but um, I've had a great time really preparing this message and thinking about this passage in a, in a different way. Now, I guess I've most often thought about these events as almost the time when Jesus called people into full-time ministry. You know, the guys are working, they're doing their day job, their regular job, they're nine till five, and Jesus calls them and says, leave that, come and follow me. And I suppose in my head, I've often thought about that as being uh, like Martin Dunkley. You guys remember Martin, who was here uh, three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and he used to be a doctor. He was a doctor for like 15 or 20 years and doing well in his profession. But at a certain point, God said to me, right, now's the time. Come out of that and be a pastor and so on. And he's gone to be a pastor in, in Manchester and then more recently in Teesside. And so in my head, when I've read this story, I've often thought about it in that light. But as I was reading it this time, it began to speak to me in another way. And I feel like, actually, it's more like a, a picture 
for us of what it is to, to put aside the things that we're interested in and take on the things that God is interested in for us. So there's definitely, you know, there's all that meaning about the kind of coming out, full-time ministry, that sort of thing. But actually, for me as well, it speaks of putting aside the, the me, 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 me of everyday life and saying, God, what is it that you are speaking to me about? You see, I think, you know, we, we, we must be in one of the most overindulged, financially prosperous, uh, leisure-oriented generations that there's ever been. We probably have more leisure time and more holiday and more opportunities than we've ever had at any point in time. And what do we want? We want more. We want more. You know, we've, we've got computers, right? You go to your computer, you open it, and what is it? My documents. My music. I'm just going to look on Facebook and see if people like my photos. Do people out there like me? Okay, I've done it on Facebook. I'm going on to iTunes. Why? Because it's iTunes, my tunes. So I'm going to listen to it on my iPod or with my, okay, right, I'm going to get my Dr. Dre Beats headphones with noise reduction things. So I don't even have to listen to what people around me because it's about me. I've had a long, hard week at work, so I need some me time. You know, could somebody please give me some personal space? I need some space for me. That is the kind of generation that we live in right now. That's just the reality, isn't it? You know? And I guess sometimes we can get into that mentality where we, we might feel, well, you know, think of it like this, okay? What if Jesus had said, come with me, I'll make you fishers of men. And Peter had said, well, actually, Jesus, I'm just really into my nets right now. I can't come right at this moment because I've just had the refurb done on my boat. I've got a carbon fiber rudder. I've got like, I don't know, these super Gucci oars. They go really fast through the water. And the go faster stripes on the side of my boat. And, you know, I've got to make this thing work. This is what I'm into right now, Jesus. So, sorry, I'm I'm just not going to follow you. But we hear that so often, I think, in, in the church. You know, I've heard it many times. People say, well, I can't get involved in church right now because I'm just really focused on my career. Or I can't really, you know, I'm not going to be able to make every cell meeting because my studies are really important to me at this time. Or, you know, the, the, the kind of thinking of, well, I'd love to go to the, the Sunday evening prayer meeting, but, you know, I need some me time this weekend. I remember talking to a guy and asking him um, how come he wasn't at the Sunday church meeting. And he was saying, you know, I work through the whole week. I have football training on a Saturday morning, so I need my lion. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, th- this guy was a cell leader as well at the time. I was like, you know, this is just not the right way around. At, at what point is it written into the Constitution of Human Rights that I need a lion? Excuse me, I'm just going to preach this to me, okay? Because I need a moment here, because we can all be in this, and I'm not excluding myself from this. I, in fact, some of these examples are just from my own life. They're just from the last week, okay? So, like, we're all in this place where we can be so me, 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 into the things that we're interested in. And you know what? The danger with that is that we can miss the purpose of God for our life. We can miss it. You know, Clive always, always says to us, regularly says to us, it's the meeting that you don't want to go to that you need to go to. Regularly says that to us. I don't know if that's because we don't turn up to the meetings he organizes. Or... <laughs> but he's right. You know, what if it's the meeting that you're thinking about not going to that God shows up and heals the sick? Or you know, speaks the prophetic word that you have needed for your situation. What if, you know, I don't know, this, the, the sermon that you needed to hear happens at the meeting that you said, oh, I'm a bit too tired to go to. So we, we show up, you know, we always go. Um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, uh, around the time of Richard's wedding in, uh, in Miami, there was a youth convention on at the same time in Orlando. And there was a conference speaker there called Rich Whitmer. Some of you guys might have heard him speak at some of the UK conferences. And he was, he was sharing this really interesting um, message. Funnily enough, I wasn't there, but I've heard it preached to me from some of the other guys who were there enough times that I feel like I was there. Um, but, but the thing he was saying was, you know, we expect sometimes, we expect God to show up and say, Ben... The vision for your life is whatever. You know, go and do something incredible for God. This is a big vision. Ben, you're going to be a healing evangelist and do incredible things. Ben, you're going to be a missionary to something else or you're going to lead this huge church over here or whatever. You know, we want the big call of God for our lives. But actually, what that comes from is lots of little yeses to God along the way. And he was saying sometimes people rule themselves out of the opportunity to say the big yes because they've said too many little no's 
And when I heard that, I felt, oh, my sweet Lord, I, <laughs> the conviction came. You know, I don't want to be someone who's ruled myself out from the opportunity, the big yes opportunity that God has, the big yes purpose that God has, because I've said lots of little no's in my life. And he said, actually, the opposite of that is learning to, to say yeses to God in every situation. And his phrase for, for the conference and for the message was, I was born for this. And he said, you know, what you want to be is in a place where when God comes along and says, hey, come into this thing now that you can say, I was born for this because you've been practicing, because you've been saying it for so long, you know. Hey, do you want to come to the prayer meeting tonight? I was born for this. Do you want to come out and get pancakes with me? I was born for this. We went, we, I think it was like two days after the message, we went, to, um, we went out for Jane's birthday to the pancake, like a, a pancake place in, in the States, and this big plate of pancakes arrived and it was with these two crazy guys Andy and Paul and this big plate of pancakes arrived and they looked at it and they said I was born for this <laughs> you you got to practice a couple, I think around the same time Andy and Doug went on the like the bungee thing you know you, you get strapped in this giant rubber ball they pull you all the way down and then this is the bit I like um, the release lever is in the cab with you so it's not like some guy is pulling it for you. You have to pull the lever yourself to go right up into the air and down and you know, see what you had for dinner last night and all of that kind of thing. And <clears throat> so they're in there. They held the lever. They looked at each other. They said, I was born for this. <laughs> You've got to learn to say it now so that when God comes with the big purpose for your life, you've learned to say it. You know, so the first real key point that I see in this is be willing you know, be willing to respond to God in whatever situation you're in. Don't be so caught up in the day-to-day stuff of life that you might be into. The me, 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 me. Be willing to respond to God where you are right now. And the next thing that I think really I see in this is Jesus says, come, follow me. It's another be. It's a be with me. You see, the first purpose that Jesus has for his disciples is not to do things for him. Actually, we've got to learn to be before we learn to do. It's a really important principle that, that, that I see in this. You know, we, the, the disciples were called to be with him, to walk with him on the road, to talk with him, to share food with him. When Jesus came back from the, from the grave, he came for breakfast. You know, he didn't come and check out, right, guys, let's have the cell report. No, he went on the beach and he cooked them breakfast. That's, that's the kind of Jesus that we're following. We want to be with him. A few chapters further on, Mark chapter 3, Jesus calls the 12. The the Bible says he calls his 12 to be with him that he might send them out to preach. It's always first and foremost about being with him. You know, a a lot of times I think in in the world around us, we can meet people who feel that they're not interesting or no one wants to spend time with little old me. No one's interested in me. Who wants to hear what I've got to talk about? Or we see so many opportunities to try and broadcast out into the world. Hello, hello, is anyone interested in me? Hey, you know what? God's interested in each one of us. His first priority, the first thing he wants to do, isn't to get us to do jobs and you know, lists of activities for him. He wants to be with us. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to be into what we're into. He wants to hear our dreams and dream with us. He wants to share our, you know, our hopes for the future and talk with us about them as well. He wants to hear what, you know, our worries from the past and help us with all of those things. He cares for us. He wants to be with us. You know, I, I, I guess it's similar with marriage, right? I didn't marry Karis because I, I woke up one morning and said, Oh, I need some help in this place with the laundry. You know, ah, what I really need is someone to do my ironing, right? I'm going to go get a wife. That, like, and if you meet someone like that, right, they, that's just not cool. <coughs> Send them to me. Um, like, that is not why I got married. I got married for love. You know, I'm staying married for love. We, I want to be with Karis because I want to be with Karis, not because... Like, she's an incredible cook, which she is. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, mostly I do my own ironing and, like, 50-50 on the laundry, right? I didn't marry her because of jobs. I married her for her. That's how God is with us. He doesn't, you know, choose us and say, hey, come and be with me because, like, I need some help with the laundry. That's just crazy. 
No, God wants us for us, for our own sake. I've, I've met people who, are, who want to have a ministry in the church. You know, you read this, this text, Simon and, and uh, Andrew called into a ministry, you know, status, a position. People will look up to me because I'm, I'm a disciple. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm one of the 12. I'm in his team. I've got a badge right here. It says helper. You know, people, I've met people in that kind of position. Clive, again, Clive often said this to us. The most important ministry in the church is the worship ministry. And although we love the guys at the front with all the things they do, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the worship ministry that we have before God when we come to him and just pray and sing and enjoy being with him. Um, in, in our house, we have some of the best worship ministry in this church. It's not even for me and Karis, and it's sometimes in tune, and it's Adam. And Adam wanders around like singing and playing guitar and writing his own songs to God, and it's just like so happy, and you know, it is just a, a beautiful, beautiful noise to the Lord. But that, you know, and I choose to enjoy it because I believe that the Lord does as well. That's the kind of worship ministry that we're talking about. <clears throat> and you know what Jesus also says? Be workers. Come with me and I will make you fishers of men. I, I suppose I was a, I suppose there's very, for each one of us, there's going to be different things within our purpose in God. You know, I'm a husband, I'm a father. Those are in my purpose in God. Um, you know, whatever other things that we do. Sometimes it's to, be, to, 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 to have a full-time job. That might be in God's purpose for my life. To, to study, to work hard at university. That might be in God's purpose for my life. There's many different things that might be within the purpose of God for our lives. But you know, this is a really key thing that God calls out, is to be fishers of of people, of men, of human beings. It sits above and around all of those, and it's, somehow it's the top priority above those, is to be focused on the things that he's focused on, is to be workers, to bring souls, to bring people, to meet with him, to know him, to take people from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. That is the purpose that God has for each one of us. And I don't believe that it's just for Simon and Peter or James and John or the disciples or the select few or the the pastors or the evangelists in the church. When I read the Bible, when I see how Jesus was with people, when I see the way he spoke to the disciples at the end, go and make disciples of all nations. That wasn't just for his team. That was for each one of us. We all share in that purpose. I was reflecting on why Jesus chose this phrase. You know, he could have chosen anyone he wanted. He could have chosen carpenters like himself. He could have chosen you know, other builders. He could have chosen shepherds. He could have chosen uh, harvest workers. He could have chosen any of the kind of professions that people had at that time. So why fishermen? I think partly it was because fishermen were workers. You know, when you read about the life of a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee, it was hard. There's... Uh, we, some of us will know the story of the time the disciples were out fishing all night. And they said, Lord, we've been up all night. We haven't caught anything. That wasn't unusual. Like often fishermen would do night fishing on the Sea of Galilee because that was a really good time to catch a particular species of fish that lives in the sea. Or dawn starts, you know, you've got to be up before um, five o'clock or whatever to get the first catch of the day in. And if you didn't catch anything, you didn't have anything to sell and you didn't have anything to keep your family going. So the, the fishermen had like a, like a hunger like a drive, like a desire to catch the fish. You know, you can imagine they were up in the morning, come wind, come rain, come whatever storm was going on, because if you don't go out to get the fish, you don't have anything for your family. And I think that's a really important picture for us. You know, I, I guarantee you there were some mornings when they were working and they didn't feel like going out to fish. They were like, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit damp out there. You know, should, should we bunk off today and just go fishing tomorrow? Like, I guarantee you they'd have had days like that. But that's not how they worked. They just couldn't get away with that. They were out every single day doing what they had to do. And for me, that's a really important picture of what it is to, to follow the call of God for our lives. I remember when, um, when 
Y'all remember Pastor Bray Sibley, who was here, when was he here? Like October, I think. Uh, and he was is a pastor in the States, friend of, uh, of our family, and he was sharing about a convention that he'd been speaking at in, I think it was in America. Um, he'd been there, a bunch of other pastors, and Pastor Caesar Castellanos was there as well. And after the, the last night of the convention, you know the last night of a conference can often be like the woo-woo party night, the kind of, you know, just the really great night, great atmosphere. And they came out of the back of the meeting hall, and they were all like high as kites and really excited. Yeah, wasn't it great? Like, wasn't the worship amazing? Wasn't the message awesome? Woo, that's, yeah, it's great. And they started talking like, hey, we should all go on holiday together. Let's like, go on a cruise. And like, someone was saying, oh, yeah, we could go on a Disney cruise and take the kids. And they're all like, you know, chatting on about, oh, yeah, let's you know, keep all being together and have holidays together. Woo! And, uh, and then Pastor Bray said he looked over and he saw that Pastor Caesar had kind of drifted away from the main group, and um, um, there was this young guy out behind a restaurant where, where they were, out having a tab at the back of the restaurant, and Pastor Caesar had just like drifted over to him to say, oh, you know, how you doing? So, did you know we're having a meeting here? Or Like, I don't know what exactly, but started witnessing to this guy at the end of the, at the, end of the conference. So everybody else is like, yeah, cruise, Disney, woo! And like, Pastor Caesar's just, he's just happens to, to have seen this young guy over here, and he's like gone over and started sharing the love of God with him. And I don't know how it went or what happened from that, but for me, it was like a really powerful picture of what it is to always be conscious of the purpose of God for our lives. Some of you guys remember a guy called Glenn Middleton, who's an evangelist from the States who was over here, and he said he was sharing his wife hates going out for dinner with him because they'll get into the restaurant, you know, nice table window, whatever it is, candle in the middle, romantic dinner for two, they're just about to order, and he's sort of looking around the restaurant. Saying, Is there anybody here that God's calling me to witness to? <clears throat> That's the kind of attitude that I think these guys had. And that is the, the kind of attitude that, that we want to have and we want to carry in ourselves. You know, this summer, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to be out, to be willing to respond to God, to be workers for God. The guys are going to be over there to to take people off to, to Germany, to Romania. But we don't have to go to Germany or Romania to do the purpose of God in our lives. You know, to have the right word to speak to someone at work, to have the right word to speak to someone at bus, to invite someone to church, to invite someone to the life in color thing next week, you know, uh, uh, whatever it might be, that is the kind of attitude and the kind of purpose that I want to carry in myself and that I believe God wants us to carry in ourselves as, w- as well. So why don't we stand and we're going to pray. Hey, you know, the first thing that I want to pray is, is this. If you're here this morning and you don't feel like you've ever heard or received or believed that God wants you to be with him, then I, I want to give you an opportunity to receive that now. I was thinking about this this morning. I didn't write any notes on it, but on, on my way down, I was thinking, hey, I wonder if Peter, uh, or Simon Peter and, and Andrew or James and John had ruled themselves out of the purpose of God, whether when Jesus came calling were they surprised by that? You know, was there a voice inside them saying, but not me, I've, d- done, I've done too many stupid things in my life. I've wasted too much time. I've done too many wrong things. I know I haven't kept the law. I know I've done bad things against God. I know I've done bad things against my family. That was, is that what was going on in them? But God said, come and be with me. And so for each one of us, it's the same call this morning. We might have done a whole bunch of stuff that we know we should not have done and we know we should never have been involved in And we regret deeply. But you know, God is saying exactly the same this morning. Come and be with me. So if you feel this morning like you want to respond to God on that, if you want to say, God, I know I've done all these things and messed up my life in different ways or I've never responded to you before, then I want you just to raise a hand where you are. Everybody's standing and praying. We've got our eyes closed. So just raise a hand. Let me know that you're responding to God in that way. And you know you need to respond to God this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Well, for every person in, in making a response to that, let's pray together now. I'm, I'm going to lead us in prayer. And if you can just repeat after me as, as I'm praying out, we'll all repeat this together. And I know there's people making a response to this right now. Father God, thank you that you don't look at the mistakes of my past. 
Thank you that at the cross, Jesus covered every one of those mistakes and made a way for me to have a new life with you. I receive your new life. I want to be with you. Please help me to live for you. Amen. Amen. Now, as you made that response this morning, I want you to either come and um, grab me at the front later, or if you came with a friend, then tell them that you made that decision and you um, prayed that out this morning, because it's, it's great. It's one of the best things you can do after that prayer, is to tell someone that you've done that. Amen. And the second response I want to make is um, really a, a call for us who want to step into Jesus' call to be workers for him. And if you want to do that, I want you just to change somehow where you're standing. If you want to you know, step forwards, backwards, sideways, come to the front, whatever it is, just to su- show with your body language, with what you're doing, that you agree that you want, to ch- you, know, you want to lay hold of this purpose. You might have done this many times before and you might be living in 80, even 90% of the purpose of God for your life. But even now it's good to, to rededicate your life and, and, and do that again. So Father God, thank you for every person here today who's making that response to work for you, to work for you, to win souls, to take people from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. God, I pray that every person making that response this morning will feel the difference this week, will be released this week, will feel a new grace and ability to focus on the purpose of God above the distractions of everyday life. And God, I pray that we will um, hear many testimonies of what you're doing in our lives and see many souls come to you as a result of your purpose for our lives. Amen. Amen.